1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every day at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's uh, 4 Pacific. And uh, run it live on YouTube uh, with simulcast over at gunchannels.com. Uh, we're watching the live chat from everybody that's watching us live over on Gun Channels. Uh, we uh, take the audio when it's all over, make it a podcast, and post that on iTunes. We encourage everybody who's listening to the show now and in the future to leave us some feedback so we know who you are and where you're at, where you're listening. It also helps the show get recommended to more listeners, so we encourage everybody to share the show. Let us let other people know what we're doing out here, and uh, we appreciate that that favor. We have a bunch of hosts. Uh, two of us are here right now. Others will be joining today. Uh, we've got Dano jumping in from Illinois. Thanks for joining. Yep, glad to be here. I'm down here in Arizona. Uh, Smeggy will be jumping in. I'm not sure if Bob will. And then Z joins us a little bit later on from Maui. So we uh, are in episode 279 today. Like I said, we do the show live every weekday. And on Thursdays, we have a couple of topics we'd like to hit, our general gun stuff topic. Today, we'll be talking about what is this gun cleaning stuff. And uh, then we'll be talking about training, specifically how to sight in a rifle or a pistol. And then on Thursdays, we always talk about um, shooting events that are coming up, uh, basically checking out the calendar over on gunchannels.com. Uh, we do daily things every day, a gun shop, a gun of the day, movie of the day. So before we get into all that stuff, we usually like to take a break at the beginning of the show, see if anything happened overnight, anything worth talking about. Um, yeah, I got uh, a couple things I want to throw out there. Is um, Let's see. Uh, one is we got, uh, I went into the email today, and uh, I my own fault, I hadn't gone in there for a couple days. But uh, I want to thanks. Uh, I have a comment here from Mr. Wright, so thank you. It says, "Hey guys, uh, Mr. Wright here. On the last show, you seemed to be a little. There seemed to be a little debate on the location of Botac or Botash, depending on how you pronounce it. It was founded and operated in the Los Angeles area quite a time. They recently relocated. Just a moment. Uh, to the come on to the Las Vegas area. So." Thanks for uh, thanks, Mr. Wright, for that clarification. And um, I also want to thank those that were, we have a couple, number of submissions for either the daily pop quiz or the Wednesday tactical quiz. Um, and I want to remind people that uh, you need to send in a source to your answer in addition to the question and answer, so we can make sure that uh, everything's uh, straightforward and re reduce the amount of complaints. Uh, so if you do that, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, and I just generally want to thank uh, Mr. Wright, uh, Cycle Camp, Angry American, Clay, uh, Sean, and um, Jay Harvey for your emails uh, that we received. Uh, those things will be incorporated into the show, some immediately, some later on, kind of depending on what they are. Also want to mention that if you do not want either your uh, online name or your real name mentioned in the, in, in, in the show, please say so in the email. Otherwise, I'm going to assume it's okay to use your online name if I'm aware of it. So, and with that, I think that's all I have. 
for housekeeping type things. Let's make you jumping in. Maybe he's got his mic on, maybe not. And uh, we had Matt's chat last night, right? It was Wednesday. It was what the hell? I thought I unmuted. Sorry. Hey, guys. How's it going? I must have, like, double tapped. Apologize for the late start. I had to be poked. But I think <laughs> I'm good now. Yeah, it's that kind of afternoon. I was uh, logged out on waffles and whipped cream. So, uh, yeah, I was napping before the show also. We seem to have a lot of nappers. That seems to be a common trait on the Daily Gun Show. That's how we keep our energy up for the show itself, though. Ah, okay. Well, it's not quite working yet. I haven't quite kicked into gear. But, uh, no, that's because, I mean, they say that, like, all of the highly intelligent people, like, don't just sit and waste the whole night away freaking sleeping. No. So they just, like, take naps and stuff. That's what all the, like, super smart inventors and stuff did. They yeah. worked when they had energy, and they slept when they were tired. Problem like, solved. Take 20-minute naps. So that's what I do. I pass out occasionally. Are you really trying to put yourself in the same category as those geniuses, inventors? You got to be like them. To be like them. So yeah. I I would uh, say yes. I mean, I'm a uh, so like Edison to invent uh, stuff. So I guess that makes me an inventor. Genius Mr. Brown. Inventor. Speaking of genius inventors, we did some science earlier today, and we used waffles and whipped cream to prove scientifically that the Daily Gun Show is got more going on than those other live quote unquote live gun shows that are out there. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we uh had Matt's show last night. It was pretty good. Uh top five truck guns again for some reason. And then uh uh had some pretty good chats though and then dug up uh one of Matt's old uh what'd you call those? I don't know what you call it, old gem I guess of uh a chat he had on Desardi's channel a long, long time ago. Anyway, it's kind of neat reminiscing last night on Matt's chat. So if you're interested in uh, that kind of thing, then uh, check it out. He does that show on Wednesdays all the time. Otherwise, I guess we can dig into the show then. Nothing else happened. I know some gun-related stuff happened. You guys were all talking about it in the chat earlier in the lobby. But um, I don't have it all off the top of my head. But we'll... Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I did happen to catch uh, the uh, audio flashback of Matt, and I thought it was quite funny. The stud ring of, part of him respond. I, I'm not going to say what it is because we keep this try to keep this a family friendly show. Hmm. So that was found. I know we talked about that a while ago. Yeah, I didn't watch Matt's, but uh... yeah, it's about thirty-seven something minutes into the Desardi show called gay marriage or something like that from like five years ago. It took me a while to find it. I found it. And yeah, I missed the desk pop. There was an off-air desk pop. I don't know if we're talking about it or not, but I jumped out of there thinking they were going to do it in the lobby and then they did it off-air. What exactly is a desk pop? I don't know what that is. There's this movie, like a buddy cop movie. It's like a comedy. And uh, one guy is like a dummy and the other guy is frustrated because he's a gung-ho cop and he gets taken off because he does something stupid gets taken off the front line. So they're in the they're in an office or whatever you call like the office part, like Barney Miller, right? Yeah. In, up in an office. And these other guys come up and tease the one guy and tell him uh, 
you haven't found your dust pop yet and all this. So the guy shoots his gun off in the air, just shoots it up into the ceiling. And then his chief comes by or whatever and takes his gun away and gives him this wooden gun for most of the movie. So it's like a, so it's, what do you call it? Movie joke or whatever. Okay, so he, so he kind of has a Barney Fife sort of thing. Yeah, perfect. Well, they, yeah. They, yeah, they trick him into it, though, right? So he thinks that, like, it's a rite of passage. Like, everyone has to do a dust pop. Yeah, it would be like if the truck stop guys came over and uh, talked Barney Fife into shooting his bullet off into the ceiling, and then what's-his-name came by and took his gun away. But, uh, yeah, Will Ferrell, thanks. Um, also, Moon made a uh, dust pop patch. Looks like... Uh, bathroom sign kind of but it's the best one anyhow so uh we've been talking about it we're doing the super chat and stuff to uh you know 500 bucks matt will do a desk pop he's got a window right by his desk and then a tree out there so he shot it into his tree i guess to see if it would appease everybody in the off air hmm. well, now you let it out of the bag what Yes, it you was. could have had that suspense, like, did it happen? Did it not really happen? Was Nobody it just imaginative? I could be making it all up, because it, it wasn't recorded or anything. Anyhow, that'll be something to look forward to in Match Chats, I guess. We quit advertising Match Chat. He doesn't, well, I guess he does advertise our show. So, anyway, watch Match Chats on Monday for Wednesdays. Anyway. As, for, as for news, uh, there was one thing I saw where uh, a a guy and his son were home when three people broke in and the son used an AR-15 to defend them and he ended up like shooting three of the invaders. You're talking about what happened last week already? Was that, was it that long ago? I just saw it a couple of days ago, but well, a couple of days ago I, well, is that's in the same, well, no, it's neat. It's a small world. Cause that's in the same town that our engraving is done where we had the coins made. Wow. Small world. Yeah, like the it was an etched ordinance. Yep. You know, I feel like breaking out in song right at this moment. Please don't. It's a small world. Yeah, please don't. After all, <laughs> family friendly. Not. You know, <laughs> let's think of the families. It is. All right. Well, it's a this, small this, world. This, ep- this is episode two seventy nine. So we're gonna be digging into gun stuff, and the first topic today is uh, gun cleaning stuff. So. Uh, where do we want to take this one? Uh, well, I can think of a couple directions. We can take it as far as, you know, uh, range stuff versus home stuff uh, versus types of tools versus what I'm going to call it the lubricant wars. I mean, there are just a number of, of directions to take it. I would go with just stuff you have for cleaning. So, uh, I'll go ahead and say I have a couple of cleaning mats so that, you know, all the stuff, all the oils and the residue and everything don't get all over the table. They just get onto that mat. It's one of them neoprene things. Got the exploded view of I have an AR, an AK, and a CZ75. So I have three of them. Um, So that's something that I would recommend for cleaning so you don't get your stuff like all over a nice wood table or something. And then, I don't know, I don't really have much fancy stuff. I use a boar snake and then like I have some patches and q-tips I don't have any like fancy cleaning tools or anything you know I I guess I I, I started up uh, in some ways I'm I'm doing it the El Cheapo way 
we get a community uh, newspaper that you get it whether you want it or not. Uh, and it comes to the door. And I always save a few copies for cleaning my guns. So I spread those out, you know, five or six sheets thin, thick on, on, on the table. So I don't have to spend anything on the cleaning mats. Um, it doesn't soak through even if you put down, like, I guess putting down five layers or whatever is good. But I would think the paper would kind of soak up the oil and then it would still get down onto the table. And that, that's why you just have to put it. I mean, it does suck up the oil, but that's why you have to put it plain thick. But again, it's going to the garbage whether I use it or not. So why not put it to some use? Well, it's nice. Then you could use it to start fires and the oils might uh, help it burn better. Exactly. So if you get a burn barrel going in the backyard, that's a good way to get them started. Well, so that's what I use newspapers for that are unsolicited. Uh, no. With, with absolutely no guidance, I, I started off using the, the rods, uh, the aluminum rods, just because that's what um, I used when I was in the Army. Uh, so I figured, well, rods work then. They must still work because they're still selling them. And then um, for my long guns, uh, I worked into the, uh, I really like the boar snakes. Now I realize that's a love-hate relationship for some people, uh, but I find it uh, uh, much e easier to use. And uh, and as long as you inspect your barrel afterwards, which of course you should do regardless of what method you use, uh, it seems to work plenty fine. And of course, uh, you know, it, it, now this next part, which is more of a not scientific thing, it's really more of an opinion thing, is whether you use a CLP or you use a uh, cleaner and then a lubricant is is like what's your favorite color. You just simply use what you feel most comfortable using. But the other tool, which my son has, which is kind of it's a bit of an advancement, kind of up there with the boar snakes, is he has uh, it's, it's a cable rather than a piece of cloth material that has a wire brush on it. And you pull that through, and you can coil up the cable, which is nice. But you also don't have to run it through the wa washer and dryer when you're done. You simply take a paper towel, uh, wipe it down, the excess oils, and coil it up, and you're done. I think that's like a little Otis kit. Or I think yeah, actually, that's I, I do have one of those as well. I forgot about that. But, yeah, I have that. And it's the kit I got like was specifically for like AR-15. I mean, you can use it for other stuff, but uh, the reason it's like the AR one is it comes with, how do they call it, the bone tool or something. It's supposed to yeah. like clean the bolt and stuff, and it's, it's kind of nice. Like, you just stick it in there and twist it, and it like scrapes all the, the stuff out if it's kind of hard to clean. Right, and, and there are other variations of that bone tool, but they all kind of work similarly as they get into the areas that you with just a rag or a Q-tip, you might be able to reach it, but you're really not going to get the carbon out of there. And they really do a good job of trying to scrape some of that excess carbon out. You're never going to get it all out, but you at least get the big chunks out. What can you talk about? Eight years? What are you talking about not being able to get carbon out of? Like the bolt specifically. Yeah, I, I said with the, the bolt carrier, I should yeah. say. Yeah, bolt carrier group that with the specialized cleaning tools, you can get the majority of the carbon out of it. Not all of it, but certainly most of it. Well, I'm going to suggest you can get all of it out of there. It's not that difficult. Well, if you, if you want to start using, you know, you know, specialized cleaners, uh, ultrasonic cleaners and stuff like that, yeah, you can get the real deep cleaning. I'm just talking about 
You get home from the range, you want to give it a quick cleaning, get it back in the safe, that level cleaning versus I'm not going to shoot it for several months or maybe even longer. I want to do a deep cleaning and then put it away. Well, I disagree because I get the carbon off of mine all the time and I don't find it to be some kind of job that can't be done for sure. I definitely don't leave carbon on my gun. I'd um, love to take a flashlight to the inside of your bolt carrier group minus the bolt. All right. So um, I think you brought up a good point, though, having the uh, like the away kit and your home kit. Uh, I've got to throw a couple of videos in here just doing a quick search on the channel. Some This one's really old from just a bunch of, this is kind of a messy uh, range bag slash cleaning kit thing I had going on a long time ago. Uh, but then uh, I usually keep all my solvents in like a toolbox. I keep all the solvents together, and then I keep all the tools and brushes and stuff separate just because I've got enough of them to have two toolboxes now. So that way I can have one toolbox with, you know, the dry stuff, I guess, and then one toolbox if something busts open, it doesn't get all the, you know, uh, towels and Kleenexes and, or what do you call them, the uh, Q-tips and that kind of thing all wet. Uh, but I do like to have a kit that I bring with when I go to the range. It's good to have stuff for yourself and for others, right? I mean, you can have just as miserable a time at the range if your buddy comes along and doesn't bring anything and has their gun mess up, and then they're just sitting there pouting all day because their gun's screwed up. Having some tools for any of that, uh, you know, potential, I think is worth having. And then uh, I usually put my good stuff in my travel kit or what I'm taking to the range with me, and then just the accumulation of other stuff tends to uh, gather, I guess, at the home in the home kit, and. I don't, know. I don't bring a lot of solvents. I just bring a uh, usually slip 2000. It's a good all-in-one lube and uh, cleaner. Yeah, I, I like using slip. <clears throat> I got one of those little, uh, you know, promotional like the little tube, like a one-time use kind of thing, and I used it and was like, oh wow, that's pretty neat. So their marketing worked. I liked it. So uh, toothbrushes, brass brushes, I definitely use a lot of toothbrushes. Um, kind of use them once they're done being a toothbrush, turn into gun brushes or cleaning brushes. Yeah, well, I, I just use the same one, you know. It's, it's wakes <laughs> you up have, in the morning. I have toothbrushes, uh, you know, made out of soft bristles, and I got toothbrushes that are brass. And then I also have toothbrushes where they're real thin to get into some of the cracks and crevices, especially when you're trying to clean uh, the size of a feeding ramp or something. It's just a very small area, but you get uh, carbon building up in there. You know, well, and you can rub uh, it all day with, you know, solvents and it won't come off. You give it a couple of swipes with a little brass brush, you know, that's made for the right size and it comes right off. I like those green army brushes that they give you that are sort of like a toothbrush on one side with a little curve on it. And then the other side is like you're saying, it's just really stiff bristles, but what, one or two rows wide only? Right. So it's really narrow yep. and it can places. Uh, those things are super heavy duty, so they usually held up to the solvents better than a regular toothbrush. And I guess it depends. Most of the time, I use a, try to get a firm toothbrush anyway for when I'm brushing my teeth, but then a lot of people like them soft ones, and those are about useless on a gun. I think one of the reasons I go for the stiff ones, because then by the time I'm done using it, it's still got some life in it to actually be useful on a gun. You know what I mean? If you get those soft ones when they start out being soft, you're just... Right. 
I can't remember the last time I've actually used my soft brush. It just came. I had to, in order to get the one with the brass, it came with a soft one. So I couldn't just buy the brass one. So that's how I ended up with it. See, we got a comment out on the YouTube side saying that pipe cleaners are good also. Um, I've never used pipe cleaners. Uh, they cost too much. Every time I get some, like I'll find some every once in a while. I like to snoot around, uh, what do you call it, dig around into the um, like the bargain bins at gun shops and stuff, and that's where I'll see things like that. So I've got pipe cleaners before because I do like them, but they're like one-time use. So buy a thing of pipe cleaners, I don't know how many's in there, 20 or something. You know, five seconds later, they're all used up and gross, so throwing them away. So it's just too expensive for me to buy. But if I can get them for like a nickel or a quarter, which I've done before, I definitely like having them. Well, that's where like, you know, just as an example, like in, on an AR-15 bolt, um, I'll take a Q-tip and, and I'll put it in isopropyl alcohol or whatever cleaner you, you want, depending on how dirty it is. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it in there and, and I'll just slowly twist it where I can see the... The, the, the white cotton or the now dirty cotton um, in the slot where the firing pin would come out because it's already been removed. Uh, and I just keep, because, you know, uh, Q-tips are cheap. And uh, and I just put a number of Q-tips until the Q-tips come out looking, you know, acceptably clean. And then I'm done. Now, do you all do what I do? I have it, like, kind of mostly figured out, but they change it once in a while. But, like, I go to the dollar stores and find the good Q-tips at the dollar store. But it's like substantial cardboard in the Q-tip part, or I guess the whatever the, the you know the handle part, <laughs> and then enough cotton in the front that it's still worthwhile. Because some of those dollar store ones, I mean, it's technically a Q-tip, but it ain't. And then other ones, are like five dollars for a thing of a hundred or something, and I just can't throw that kind of money because I know I'm throwing those things away. Um, so I, I try to keep track of which dollar store has the best ones, or do you guys just go to the regular store and buy the brand name thing? No, I get mine from the dollar store. That's a good place for Q-tips. Uh, you know, but, you know, I, I don't remember the brand or anything of what I use, but yeah, there's been times in the past where I've purchased some that ended up being really crappy, either there wasn't enough cotton, or they were actually a little bit shorter than your standard Q-tip of what I'm used to, and length matters when it comes to Q-tips. When you're trying to get down into spaces. So I just try not to buy them from the same place once I realize that, oh, that's the place that sells the crappy ones. Yeah, the shitty ones. Um, yeah, and you know, you all buy your supplies at gun shows. Have you done that before? I've always bought mine at the local gun store. Yeah, it's one of those things. It depends, I guess, on how much you use it, but I think you can... I don't even know if you save money at a gun show. At least it, by me, the gun shows, you might have more options. Like you might find more variety at a gun show, especially one of those tables that's like a bunch of dental instruments and cleaning supplies and brushes. And um, I can usually find more, I guess, specialty type of thing or stuff that the shops don't have. And then I'll buy that stuff at the gun show. But uh, I agree with Dan. I like to buy my stuff at the shops if I can. For sure, if it's in like a dollar bin, if I can buy old cleaning supply, like somebody brought in a box of cleaning stuff because they don't use guns anymore or something, or they've upgraded or whatever, and the gun shop is selling it at the in the bargain pile, I'll definitely buy that. Uh, but even if it's just some solvent or something, I'll try to get that at the gun shop because that's one of those things that they do make some markup on. And even though it's not a ton of money, that's 
you know, 40% return on forum instead of like a 10%. So you want to keep those places right. in and if and if you like your gun shop, you want us to stay in business, and 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 not and and in addition to just buying guns, uh, you want to make sure that they because you know like McDonald's, uh, you know they're 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 not making what's keeping them in business is not really selling the hamburgers, it's the shakes, the soda pop, the French fries, the cherry pie. Uh, so as much as you can, you know, as long as it's you know still reasonable and uh, try, try to buy some of those other things at the shops that you like that you would want to see in business for when you want to buy a gun down the road. So Raphael in the gun channel side is saying um, the Walmart generic brand is good. I don't know if I've ever bought them at Walmart, but that's some I should think about that because I bet you they are cheaper there. I usually just think dollar store for cheap stuff. Um, then they're talking about using syringes. Um, insulin syringes, no, that's way too small for me. I go to the or supply, whatever they call like a, a pet stop or whatever you call like the feed store, I guess, where you can buy like hay and you know, tackle or what do you call it, tack for a horse. And uh, you can buy uh, syringes there that are for horses and they're more like, I don't know, as big as your fingers. So they're way bigger than an insulin one and uh, they don't have any, they sell them to you. You can get needles right away, big giant horse needles. And I've used those before for lubing and stuff for all kinds of different mechanical things besides just well, guns. Well, let me ask you a question about that because I've often wondered. Uh, there, I can't think of anything that I can't lubricate with the tip of a Q-tip. What is it that they're lubricating? Well, it's not like I use it very often. One time I had this fan motor that I was trying to lube, and I stuck a bunch of frog glue in the syringe and then uh, used the needle to just apply it way down into the fan. But uh, like in in some of my pistols, like like the the rails on the slide, yeah, it's too thin for a Q-tip. So I just take a drop of, of of lubricant and turn it upright, and then like gravity pull that drop all the way to the bottom. Mm -hmm. so, it's something you could do with a with a uh, what, uh, toothpick or something or a dental pick, but uh, I mean they don't cost nothing to buy a bunch of needles. I think it's like five dollars for a big box of needles and then seven dollars for a big box of. I just, I, again, I, I wondered if it was maybe I just didn't have the type of gun that needed it. Oh, no. I think it's just one. I use them for other things. So instead of buying one for some ripoff price, I'll just go to, like, the feed store or whatever and buy a, a box of them that they use for horses, like, say, for almost nothing. I just figured I'd bring that up because you guys are talking about using insulin needles, and those things are so tiny, and the needles are so short. The needles are like a hair. I mean, they're supposed to be comfortable or whatever, and they're only injecting a little bit of insulin, I guess. Um, those might work. I use those for fishing, but uh, for stuff around the house and whatever, I use the big horse needles. They're still sharp and everything. It's just that they're about as big around as a toothpick. So, you know, they're not anywhere near a, something you'd ever stick into a person. Okay. Um, what do you guys firearms? Uh, you know these little plasticky things since we're talking Q-tips and, and pipe cleaners? Um, you ever use these things for like, uh, instead of dental floss, they make these little plastic things with a toothpick sort of thing at one end and then it holds your dental floss at the other end? Yes. And then they make some things which are like just fancy toothpicks of different shapes and what, made out of plastic where they're like disposable. I've used those a lot. They're not great, but just every once in a while, like picking a piece of, well, I get sand and stuff all the time, like just picking a piece of sand out of somewhere where like a brush just ain't doing it, like the bristles are just going by. Um, those things are pretty nice and then they you don't have to worry about scratching or anything like with a dental pick. 
you know, you might have to be concerned about scratching it. Oh, you can't yeah, just like buy insulin needles? I thought everybody could buy insulin needles. So, but uh, do, do, can you think of an example in a firearm where one somebody might want to use a needle? No, just lubing, like you said. I mean, if you got your frog lube or with some kind of a paste type of lube or uh, actual grease, and like say, you can either squirt some grease out onto a toothpick or a dental pick and put it where you want, or just have it in a syringe. And then depending on how you keep your cleaning stuff, especially with these people that have their cleaning stuff just out on a desk or a table or whatever, uh, where they don't have to worry about putting it away, you don't have to worry about that syringe being squished, then you know, grease stays in the syringe just fine. So you just squirt out a bunch of grease into a syringe and now it just becomes a better applicator, just like an old oil bottle, you know, with the long right. hip. Like yeah. I say, I just, I, 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 I'm just trying to imagine that. like going back to the Q-tip, like, like the rails on an AR. I've never had any problem applying grease to, to a Q-tip and then not leaving just, you know, because you can tell by the reflection whether there's any grease there. It's not, it doesn't have to be thick. It just needs to be there. Uh, to put the, the thinnest amount of, of grease there. Yeah, well, grease is, I think of it as like a paste where you're thinking oil, I think, because you're talking about when the surface tension makes it kind of, you know, suck down to the yeah, metal. You know, I like to use, you know, gravity because it's free. So if I can apply it to one end of the rail, hold it upright, and then let gravity pull the drop all the way down through the rail. Cave okay, Davis saying he found a, a bag of what looks like Q-tips, but they're on a wooden stick. 200 of them for five bucks. I know exactly what you're talking about. They're, they're like thinner than a chopstick or like one of those skewers maybe for like shish kebabs or something. But uh, there's a Q-tip at the one end. And uh, I don't know if those are what those are actually for, but I've used those before too. Um, I'm sure I didn't pay five bucks for 200. I bought, if I bought them, they were less than a buck or less than two bucks. But uh, pretty I've handy. I've seen those as well. And the only reason I haven't used them is because I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, definitely having a longer handle is definitely a whole lot more convenient. And it's more having that wood on there makes it so you can actually use it. So imagine if you were trying to like decosmoline an SKS or some other rifle. Yeah. Like I'll bet you having a set of those wooden Q-tips would do the trick. You know, when you're when you got some things like down in a handguard or something, and it's saves you from having to take something apart or something. Yep. Now, the other thing is with the cheap ones, since we're talking about the minutia of Q-tips here, I like the ones with that are decent because you get the ones that are too cheap and then you're leaving cotton everywhere. And that drives me nuts too. Yeah, yeah well, that's also a function of, uh, depending on the type of firearm that you're looking at, you know, some firearms tend to have more sharp edges where they tend to snag the, the cotton off the tip. Some others have tend to have rounded edges or, or deburred edges where it doesn't. We just got another tip here. Chris says uh, denture brush. I'll have a rubber spike at the one end and a heavier brush. So I'm going to start looking at denture brushes. Hmm. Not sure what Tack's saying. I think he's saying something about his show at 9 o'clock. So in a couple hours, Tack will be doing his show. Yep. All right, so I'm kind of reading the comments here, and okay, so another thing I was looking at in my messy ass bag here, this is back when I had them in like a, almost like a tool bag, and this was just a lot of crap I used to carry, or like, it had accumulated in my bag, I shouldn't say that I like intentionally stuck all this stuff in here, 
I had some basics in there and then over time it just accumulated and I figured I'd turn the camera on to uh, clean it all out and see what all kinds of crap had gotten into that bag. But I don't know if you see there, there's a couple of the like surgical clamps. You guys go for that kind of stuff when you're cleaning or in your cleaning kit, I guess I should say. You know, I don't have them and I know and I've seen that you do, but I'm not sure what I would use them for. Yeah, again, it's not something like, you know, to take apart an 1811, you need them, or like when you're doing a Glock, you need them. But every once in a while, if you're talking about that, like, spring that holds the mag catch in on a Glock, if you're trying to pull that out, you know, having a bent tip, strong surgical clamp can sometimes be better than, I don't know, nothing. But then again, having a bent needle nose pliers is, is better for it. So anyway, it's just one of those things that I have them laying around, and once they're like, to a point of being like abused to where I'm not going to use them for first aid anymore or any kind of application for like the dog or something. Then, uh, you know, once they're kind of binged up or something, then I'll throw them into my tools and then they'll just become a tool. I used them a lot when I was working with real, in real life, like with tools because they're, you know, the ultimate skinny finger to be able to get down in to catch something or you know, get a piece right. of nut or something. And every once in a while that'll happen on a gun, you know, you'll get a, especially on AK where you've got a big channel and a bunch of hollow space in there uh, or some other guns, you know, I'll have some hollow spaces here and there. And of course that's where a washer is going to go or that's where the little freaking nut is going to go off of your optic when you're putting it on. Right. And that's where these things, little magnets have been like right next to that. I have a, just kind of a cheap uh, screwdriver, like a small screwdriver type of thing. I'll usually magnetize the shit out of those with the magnet. You know, you just rub it up and down the shaft. Yep. and turn a, a, a screwdriver into a magnet. Uh, having those kind of things is handy for, uh, like I say, when you get that weird washer or that E-clip fall somewhere. Now, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned hammer springs. So I, this is just a little bit off topic, but it's still about guns. Is I'm going to ask, do you have a tip for uh, confining the uh, hammer springs on an AK so you don't get snake bit? Yeah, in fact, that was a good one just the other day. I forgot where I seen it, but it's pretty good. Just take a 12-gauge husk that he's shot out and put that over there. Squish it a little bit, and then it'll fit right on there, I think. I've seen a video where a guy did that. I thought that was pretty clever. Not to make sure I pick one up next time I go to the range. Or, you know, anything that size. So I imagine, you know, anything really could be that. Uh, something that's about that size, made of plastic or something, or even paper, I suppose. Yeah, but that's a, that's an excellent example of how you can repurpose something that was designed for one thing and get used for something totally different. Now, that's another thing. I don't know if everybody does, but I'll usually have like a couple of 22 Magnum cases and then maybe a, I don't know, something else, like a 338 or 357, just empty case laying around. Um, not intentionally, but if there's one laying around, I usually don't try to go out of my way to throw it out of the bag. Because I've used those little pieces of things as sacrificial pieces sometimes and just smashing it into something every once in a while, cutting a piece of it off or something. So I found those to be useful just to have around for those weird times. Now, uh, have you ever taken a piece of brass and put it on the charging handle of an AK to kind of give it a little bit of extension? Or do you think that's just a, a, a tactical thing? Well, no, I do that all the time. That's not tactical at all. It works, and it's super easy. You just stick it on there and smack it on, and it stays. You don't have to do anything fancy. You literally just jam it on there, and it stays on there like if it was welded on. What they do. what calibers generally work best? Well, 762 by 39 is the only one that works, I think. I don't know. I've never tried it on a 74, but uh, 39, just uh, jam it on there, any of them. 
scrub on it looks cool, so it doesn't look stupid on there. Try I mean, to get seen it. some date code or something. I realize we're getting off the cleaning topic, but still gun related. Yeah, well, we got a bunch of viewers, so uh, thanks everybody for showing up and watching. I think we're going to move along for just for the sake of the show, but uh, we try to touch on these topics each day just to get the, you know, the, the topic out there. Uh, if you're going to have a discussion at the gun shop or at the gun range, it gives you something to talk about. Hey, these guys on the podcast, we're talking about Q-tips. You know, it's, it's just a way to keep, keep conversation going and uh, um, hopefully look at things that are uh, not on the you know, just what the news is feeding us. So if you'd ever like to participate in the uh, scheduling of the show, on the second day of the month, we get together with our Patreon supporters and we actually schedule the show out for a month ahead of time. Uh, or anybody can send us an email at any time. It's dailygunshow at gmail.com. And you can let us know any ideas you might have for topics or uh, stuff that we talked about that you'd like us to add back onto or something. So we'll move on to the next topic of the show today is going to be our training segment and specifically how to sight in a rifle or a pistol. So kind of the same topic. We're talking about maintenance and that kind of thing. Uh, but before we do, we'd like to feature one of the members over at Gun Channels every day between the first and second segment. Today we're featuring Sean Pottery, uh, one of the, uh, well, the actual, what we call him, like the superstar winner of the uh, daily podcast, uh, daily well, quizzes. He, he's, I would put him as the co-star because Angry American is right there, and they've often been neck and neck. Yeah, they're kind of, the gap is widening, and even with Sean helping you out by giving you questions, so he's kind of taking himself out. So he's definitely the undisputed at this point heavyweight of our tactical pop quizzes. But in addition to that, he's been running the Good Morning Gun channels uh, to help uh, keep the early uh, day uh, chat going with the various people that are out there chatting, as well as always there to uh, offer advice and, and suggestions for people who have uh, um, gun-related questions, really. So, uh, yeah, Sean's definitely one of the kind of people we, I don't think he was around when we built gun channels, at least he wasn't jumping into the chats and making himself known back then, uh, but that's definitely the kind of person we built gun channels for, somebody who's interested in participating at whatever level and uh, keeping the conversation about guns going. So thanks, Sean, for for all you do, really. He's very, he's a, I, I, he's a very intelligent, and I'm sure he would never describe himself as such, but he is a very experienced individual. Uh, he's also very mild-mannered. Uh, he doesn't uh, necessarily bring uh, his experiences and or knowledge and then just put somebody out there. Uh, he's very, um, uh, unless you happen to know, like I've, I've known him now for virtually, that is, for several years, yet I just found out recently that um, uh, he he was attacked and fought off and killed a bear in Alaska, and it, and it was a brown bear. Uh, he killed it with his 500 Magnum while he was shipping. So excuse me, fishing. And I mean, so there are experiences that he has had that he doesn't necessarily throw out there. That it, it took me years to figure this out. Well, not not figure it out, but until it came out, until it comes up, he's just a very reserved person, and I really admire that about. People who have, whether it's knowledge, experience, um, intelligence, whatever, where they don't feel the need to throw it out there, it just comes out when it's appropriate. And I think that's a really great aspect of Sean Bonnery, as well as he's a regular contributor to the Tactical Pop Quiz, as well as Angry American. They're probably the two most common people that help me out with that, along with a handful of others. And uh, he's a great addition to gun channels. 
Spanky yeah, is. definitely good. Good guy. I I like him a lot. Fun to talk to. Has his own interests. He's always willing to talk big bore revolvers or reloading or video games or whatever. Right on. So thanks again, Sean. And now we'll dig into the training segment of the show. Um, how to sight in a rifle or a pistol. Dun, dun, dun. Well, um, with pistols, take it. You uh, buy it, and you you can take it out, and then you don't have to do anything because we really, for pistols, there's not much to sight in. I mean, unless we're talking about adding an optic to it, uh, they're pretty much sighted in. When you buy them, no. If if I the only time that I've seen that sort of thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is people who are doing uh, competition accuracy type shooting where they're literally trying to put a hole in a hole, uh, where they're making those micro adjustments, whether it be for windage or, or elevation, whatever. But in pistols, it's pretty rare that that thing sort of comes up. Because out of the factory, 99% of the time, the, the sights are going to be better than the shooter. Yeah, but still, I mean, if it's consistent enough. I mean, I agree most of them come pretty good nowadays, but... Uh... You never know. There, there might be something you have to adjust the windage a little bit on, or something. Um, so, it, it definitely is something you might need to do. Is sight in a pistol? Well, so when we're talking pistols, I guess we have to get started somewhere. I think we can knock them out easier. There's not much to adjust anyway. You leave your front pretty much how it is. Back in the olden days, you used to take a file to your front sight blade, but uh, that's not so much a thing anymore. So you basically buy your gun, and it has sights on it that you're going to dig. Or deal with and uh, or you buy new ones and when you buy them you're either gonna buy the height that you want so you've figured out what height you wanted and you bought them there but basically once you put your front sight on it's there and unless you put it on incorrectly or it got hit or physically moved or something you know there's not much maintenance to that front sight your rear sight more than likely is not going to be adjustable I'm assuming unless you're talking about a recreational gun or a hunting gun in which case they might have a an adjustable uh, component to them but for the most part you're gonna get your adjustment through your rear sight and you're gonna be just drifting it back and forth now, again up and down. there's not much on a combat site or a target site if, if it is a dovetail site you can simply push it over a little bit right so you can do that yourself now I don't necessarily recommend it guns are all different some guns have crucial components up in the upper part of the slide some are nothing so uh, depending on the gun you can take like a brass punch brass being a softer metal than steel so that you don't scratch anything or bend anything or peen anything and then you just sort of tap with a medium small size hammer uh, once the slide is fully supported you can uh, tap it a uh, better way to do it though is with the screw uh, force instead of a, a tapping force because you get less uh, chance for it to peen and less chance to slip or hit something or go too far so significantly those greater control Definitely. And those are going to cost you something. I don't know, anywhere from 80 used, uh, 100 something new up to a lot more than that, maybe. Uh, for basically a big square fixture made out of metal with a bunch of little uh, bolts that come into it with butterfly screws or something. And it's, you've seen them, they sort of clamp onto the slide. And then once the thing is completely clamped to the slide and it it's like becomes one part of the slide, you then can push back and forth your, your, your rear sight. 
but that's about all there is and I would not recommend buying that unless you have a lot of pistols and you're always fiddling with them or changing sights a lot instead I would just take it to the shop and most of the time if you buy your Skype they're gonna do that for you for free uh, or charge you very minimal just whatever hours or you know time it takes for the guy to do it not there's not usually a cost for that as much as just the time you're taking from their their shop guy and uh, again you're usually not talking about a big difference there most handgun sight radiuses are so small and people are not looking for bullet inside of a bullet they're looking for baseball uh, most of those are good to go so I think we unless you guys want to add something to that I say we move on no. to our yep and uh, before we go into long guns I think there's two different aspects discussions we can have here uh, one is uh, the distance of, of uh, zeroing it and that's one discussion and it's separate and the other one is getting it on paper if you're not on paper from the start. Uh, with a pistol, though? I mean, pistol... No, no, no I, I mean with a, a long gun. Okay, sorry. So you're talking... Well, are we talking iron sights or are we talking optics? Iron sights, again, are usually going to be attached to the gun unless something happened or you literally put this gun together from parts of four different guns. Even then, these things are built with interchangeable parts for the most part if you got a lever action or an AR or something and you put well, even with an AR you might have some issue but with an with any kind of lever action or bolt action you slide those sights on they're pretty much going to be there as far as being on paper um, yeah. you know I mean but you'd if have, you have something where it's like because example the front sight post you screw it down into position well in addition to securing it you're also changing the elevation for sure so when we're talking ARs and AKs now we're getting into more a lot more variable in the front and rear, and it gets to be a little annoying. Actually, in the rear of an AK, you don't have much, so your your excitement is actually up front. Your adjustment's up front on an AK. Uh, AK tools, I think, are worth owning. If you've got one or more AKs, you might as well own a front sight tool. Uh, it can be handy for yourself, and, and you can bend an AK. I mean, you can't break it or something. You can not break, but you can bend one to the point where you need to readjust the sights, especially if you drop it a lot. So I, I thought an AK sight tool was a rock in a... Um, you know, a, a bottle of vodka or something. That's what I've always been told. That can be done with that, but it makes it a lot easier to have a little gizmo <laughs> that was on there and clamps. But yeah, you can definitely drift a front sight on an AK by setting that on a big rock, hitting it with a smaller rock. It will work. It's just not the finite increments that you might get from a, a screwed. Yeah. I, I was just being that cliche, like, oh yeah, AKs are, you know, <clears throat> you just manhandle them or whatever. Mechanically, it's it's the same concept. It's just it's a different geometrical shape as a dovetail sight on a handgun, except that it's a round barrel, mm -hmm, round and thing. you're going to drift it over to from one side to the other if it's off at all. Now you've got a uh, bore sight tool there you were showing before. Oh, yeah. I was going to get to that when we got to off of irons. I think most of the time though, when we're talking and sighting in something, we're talking about putting an optic on or buying a set of sights and putting them on an AR. In which case, you can pretty much just point the thing. If you really want, you can take the bolt carrier out and just aim your barrel at some target or something off in the distance in your backyard or in your house or whatever, and then set your sight, your irons up so that they're basically pointing towards that same point. And that's usually enough to get you out on paper at the range. But what Dano's got there, what a bullet that has a laser in it, so it's like a, the size of a cartridge. Yep. What caliber is that? It looks like 308. Yeah, no, that's a 7.62 by 39. Is okay. I had a heck of a time uh, with a red dot 
trying to get it just on paper. Uh, and uh, there, there are, there are, I'm sure there are many methods, but the two methods that I'm aware of is one is bring the paper target up until you get it on paper. And if that means 10 feet, then that means 10 feet. That's, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, right? Because they're, they're talking about laser sights out there in the gun channels chat as well. And uh, they're saying, well, Clay's pro them and Cycle Camp is saying, eh, I haven't had very good luck the last couple that I've done. And yeah, I would say, yeah, just get really close to it see where you're at and just remember that like if it's off by an inch when you're really close then you're really going to have to crank on it because it's going to be off by you know many many inches once you actually go out to 50 or 100 yards or whatever it is that you're zeroing it for and you know in my situation there were two different factors one is i don't live close to my outdoor range where i like to shoot my long guns um, and, and the other is that uh, the cost of, of this bore sighting uh, cartridge was just a little over $10, I think, if I remember correctly. And yeah, um, if you remember where you got that, let me know. I'd like to get one for my 762 x 39 collection. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I will have to double check that. I want to say I'm not sure. I will have to double check it. No urgency. But, just um, remember. Let me know. Yep. But anyway, that's, that basically throws a laser beam down the center of your cartridge down the center of your bore that literally is projecting the laser line that doesn't bend at all and now you set that thing up on a bench or something or on some sandbags and then you adjust your red dot which is hopefully anchored to your gun well you adjust that to where it's pointed at that laser dot take the cartridge out of there and start shooting start zeroing it in right now what i did uh, is i paced off uh 50 yards approximately uh and then uh it took once I got it. Once I got the laser uh, in, in the chamber, it took um, less time to zero it at 50 paces um, to the to approximately the same impact mark as my iron sights were at that same distance than it did to actually take the rifle apart. I mean, so it was in there. I, I made some elevate, a couple elevation changes, a couple uh, windage changes. And I mean, I was off by, when I looked at it initially, I was off by five, six feet. There was no wonder I couldn't hit paper. Uh, but took it right down and in like less than two minutes, got me right there, took it apart, put it back in the packaging. Because w once you use it, it's finished its job. Uh, but I found, you know, 10 bucks versus, you know, going to the range and then doing the 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, you know, on out it just produced for me some of the inconvenience but you certainly don't have to do it this way but it's one of the tools out there and these have also come down in price you know they used to always be you know closer to the hundred dollar mark well even at 50 i was gonna say at ten dollars it's a no-brainer because that you're that's a couple of rounds of ammo and it's really not that even that much but at the, even at the 50 mark i mean that's a couple of boxes of ammo depending on the gun you're shooting and if you're going to be out there just spazzing out, looking like a doofus at the range, not even hitting paper and shaking your head all the time, then uh, you might as well just throw a couple of bucks at that. Uh, every time you change an optic, you can use it again. Plus, you can borrow it over to people. Right. And, and I have 0, 0.0 fun zeroing a rifle. Because, you know, you I, I like to fire uh, uh, four or five rounds rather than the traditional three. So I'm not a flyer doesn't throw me off as far as what the basic group is really doing. Um, and But if I'm in a line with other shooters, now i got to wait 25, 30 minutes until the range goes cold. 
just to check my four or five shots, then come back, shoot another four or five, and then wait another half hour. Yeah, that can be annoying at a public range for sure. So I found it uh, significantly more convenient. So thanks everybody on the YouTube side is telling me that they can get those 762 by 39s at a lot of different places. They even gave me the name of one to search out on eBay. Appreciate that. Uh, as far as sighting uh, in though, is that what we're talking about? Is just yeah. generally how to sight in one. So again, we're not, I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it, sort of like fishing or something. There's general ways of doing it, which we've kind of covered, but uh, everybody's going to have their own way of doing it. What I'm going to suggest is uh, make a video about it next time you're you're doing it. And it's not so much that you have to do a step-by-step -step tutorial, but uh, an overall, um, you know, just uh, your, what you're doing. And uh, then people can comment on your video or your blog post or whatever and uh, give you some feedback on it. It keeps that conversation going. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, G-Webs, is uh, do, for, for your AKs, specifically the 762x39s, uh, do you do you have a preference for a twenty-five yard zero, a fifty yard zero, uh, something else? No, I usually zero about fifty for my AKs, just because I don't shoot them at super long distance, and that way they're going to work for me at the distances I usually shoot. Right. I mean, that's I I use the same distance for myself for my ARs as well. Well, I don't really worry too much about zeroing until I get into like uh, something that can reach out further. So like seven six two. Uh, like a 308, I guess, or a uh, uh, AR. Mm -hmm. And then I like a 50, 50, what, 200 or something. So uh, lots of different preferences there, but we won't get into zero. Zero is sort of a different thing. Basically, you're going to deal with the line of sight, which is a straight line, and the bullet, which is going to drop as soon as it starts leaving the barrel. It's going to start being affected by gravity. So you're technically shooting up a little bit. Uh, and then you're allowing that bullet path to kind of go up and then back down again in the uh, um, usable um, distance or range, and uh, that's where you get your zeros. So typically you're going to zero in at a couple of different ranges, either a police-style zero or a military-style zero. The military-style zeros tend to, uh, or to gather the longer distance, uh, easier to calculate, where the shorter range ones uh, are a little bit different, more spread at distance. And it just kind of depends on what distance you think you're going to be using your gun. So, if I can throw a little plug out there, you did a video a while back on, I think it was Zero and AR-15 specifically, but you have a an absolute great way of explaining it where you show the target and say, okay, so a 25-yard zero, and you show a silhouette that shows impact at 25 yards, 50 yards, 75, 100, 200, blah, 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 whatever. And then at a 50 yard zero, at a 200 yard zero, like you do all the different things. And that is a great way of explaining it and, you know, really showing the outcome. Because then you can pick exactly, like you said, what range are you really going to be shooting at? Specifically for, uh, you know, ARs, I like the 50 because it's zero at at 50 and 100, and the most it's ever up is like two inches, and the most it's ever down is a couple inches. And then once you're out past 200 yards, it drops down significantly, but I don't ever really shoot out that far. Right. So I like being having a four-inch spread no matter what distance they are. 
and I think we'll do zeros and fakes. We'll do zeros in another video or another chat because uh, that can be a whole nother thing, and and it gets to be, like I say, a preference thing. And if we're going to dig all into that, uh, like I say, it all has to do with basically uh, where you have to think about your shots and where your shots are all kind of given, and if you want that to be closer or further. Um, but I'm going to suggest we. Uh, Start talking about another thing that's interesting or that's important. Oh, you know, it is important to have a, a zero windbreaker. You want that sighted in perfectly. All right, men and women, it's time for the tactical. I can't get it going there. There we go. Tactical pop quiz of the day. Fap Fest 2017. All right. Uh, so those of you over on YouTube Damn. and those of you over on gun channels, uh, feel free to put your cursor down in the text box, limber up your fingers. Um, Z, you're just getting ready, so I'll just be using Smeggy for today. Uh, Smeggy, have you seen uh, you yet the qu question, and more importantly, yep. the answer? I have seen 42. Now everyone's going to type 42. I know that's a joke I use all the time. All right. It is a three-part question. All three parts must be in the same line. Uh, and I'm um, trying to think of how, um, do you have, do you remember our discussion earlier? As complete a description of the three items as possible. Okay. We'll go with that. I will read the question twice. So here we go. The Smith and Wesson 460 Magnum can shoot what three other cartridges? The 460 Magnum revolver can shoot what other three cartridges? Forty-two, forty-two, and forty-two is not correct. It is correct, but not for this question. So we're looking for the answer of three different cartridges that will work with that revolver. All so in one line. Two in one line. Forty-five long Colt and four ten is incorrect. 45 Colt, 45 Auto, and 545 is incorrect. Oh, uh oh, 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 winner, 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 Mr. Raphael, what the hell? Congratulations, Raphael. It is the 45 Schofield, the 45 Colt, and the 45 Casul. Congratulations, um, Raphael. 454 Casul. That's, that's Schofield, by the way. Well, regardless of my enunciation, he is the winner. So congratulations. Oh, he Head on it. over to the dailygunshow.com slash pop quiz. Fill out the form. And congratulations, Raphael. All right, Smaggy, no pressure. Let me hear what you got. Oh, really? I feel so honored. Well, Raphael, you know, that makes you today's tactical hot shot of the day. Oh, that gets two thumbs up and a full Island Z approval. Very good job, sir. All right. So we're sending, uh, you dug deep for that. You dug right. deep for that, dude. Uh, no, man. You dug deep. Totally respect that. We, we, he's learned from the best. So we're sending Raphael over to our website, which is dailygunshow.com. We have a page over there where we keep this picture of a patch panel. 
got a bunch of patches on there, some that we've created here in Tucson, some that are our designs that we have made. Some of them are from friends like Endo, Every Day, No Days Off. Uh, we've got BMC Tactical on there, the Haas, USMC, Yankee Marshall, others that wanted to include their patches on our panel. Uh, then some that Bob and I had bought at gun shows over the years. And uh, whoever wins, we send them over to the patch panel. They pick what they want. Down below, there's a form you can fill out to tell us where you want us to send it. And uh, we thank everybody for playing each day. It's a way that we can say thanks. And just something, I don't know if it was mentioned beforehand, the, before that question, but uh, that was sent in by Sean, speaking of Sean earlier today. A big bore uh, revolver question sent in by Pottery? Nah. Yeah, it's unbelievable, I know. Yes, so thank you, Mr. Pottery. Uh, we have a number of Pottery questions coming up in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, we've done a number of, of angry as well as other participants, as well as ones I've created on my own, if you can actually imagine that. Every once in a while, Dano does his job. <laughs> yes. All right, well, so. after the first hundred questions, I got really worn down. <laughs> I don't know where we where do we start this tradition of marking off the stuff on the second line. I never can I never pay attention to the second line, so I'm gonna start knocking stuff out of the top line, like it's custom. I I, I see. I have enough confidence in my co-hosts that they can kind of like follow the bouncing ball. Yeah, but I don't look at that second line very often. All right, so with that, I think we can dig into one of the other topics. Is Dano about to leave us? Are you heading out? Or are you stick around? Uh, I'll be leaving shortly. Okay, so um, why don't we dig into the movie? I don't know if Dan has seen this one, but every day we try to talk about a movie, a gun-related movie, that maybe if you, you haven't seen in a while, to give you a reminder of one that's worth watching, or if you're a youngin', something you ain't seen yet. Today, the movie is a recommendation from somebody in the email one time, and it's the movie Hot Fuzz. It's a cop movie from England. Uh, By the guy, the Simon Pegg and what's McCall Frost, the the guys that did uh, Shaun of the Dead, the two main guys are also in this one. Is everybody seen uh, this? Is this? No. I have seen parts of it. Dano, any chance you've seen this one? I have not seen it in any way, shape, or form. I never even heard of it. Oh, okay. Oh, I figured Dano's in it. What are you talking about, you Dano <laughs> is actually in that movie. Uh, Maggie, you seen it? Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's it's a good one. I I really like that guy. That's I like his why movies. he's laughing. So yeah, I mean, basic premise of it, right? The the dude, uh, he's like a a cop over there in England or whatnot, in like a big city. I don't know if it's London or I forget, but uh, he's like Mister Action Cop, right? He's always sliding through windows and like catches all the bad guys like he's like the best super cop type of thing and he ends up getting like transferred or whatever to this small little town where like no crime happens and he's going nuts and then he thinks that all these crimes are happening but everyone's just ruling them accidents and craziness ensues and i don't want to give it all away even though it is an older movie but it's good it's a real fish out of water type of movie hell of a twist wouldn't you say North. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, good movie. Yeah, good buddy, good buddy cop film. Just uh, British style humor, probably the mid two thousands, mid to late. Uh, do you think it was? It was after two thousand ten, huh? 
Was it that recent? I thought it was older, but it's possible. It could be. I look and, up the uh, again. It's it it is definitely in the similar style of cinematic shooting that is shot dead. Sometimes there's yeah, quick cuts. Sometimes there's long stuff. There's a lot of inside jokes and or uh you know easter eggs refer referrals to either other things that the movies that they have done and or movies that they're kind of you know taking a scene from it's yeah, it definitely and yes all right and uh sean out there on the youtube side says tumor is not for everyone i will agree with you on that but this one is actually pretty funny and entertaining I put this one two thumbs up. Definitely two thumbs up. I'm going to give it one thumb up. It was pretty good. I'll give it a question mark. <laughs> Although, as far We're as in the Frost guy. Stuff, um, I mean, was, was there a lot of gun stuff? I remember the mostly shoddy and 9mm, right? Guns and stuff, yeah. I don't remember any like super cool guns or anything. Was there? No, the. The cool were the two cops. That was the whole cool level, and the and the and the big guy. And I, I'm stepping in it there. Um, is the guy that is now on into the Badlands. He's the other guy. I think that um, Rupan on the Gun Channel side uh, says it best. It has a slow beginning and an amazing ending. Like, if you stick with it, the ending's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, although, I don't know if I, I call it slow. That. It's just the beginning. You're kind of just trying to figure out, like, what the heck kind of movie is this? Like, it's... I mean, right, what am I watching? That guy who made it is a filmmaker. He likes making movies, so he did... It's not a bad movie. It's just not as much... I mean, the end is the action. The beginning is sort of the setup and the his his craft or whatever, making his movie interesting, and then the end is the fun part. The payoff. Yep, the payoff, the payday. I'll look at it definitely. All right, looks like we got Bob out in the lobby or out in the gun channels on the YouTube side. He says that he's got bad internet, so he's got good enough internet to watch the show, just not good enough internet to join in the show. So. Well, it is what it is. Yep. I mean, so, the honest answer is he's just scared. That's okay. It's all right to be afraid, Bob. So then, anything else you want to talk about this movie? Mm. Sorry, can you say again? Anything, anything else? else you want to talk about the movie? Uh, like, what? These are the guys that did, like I said, Shaun of the Dead. They did Hot Fuzz. They did, uh, what is it, at the bar at the end of the world or whatever, at, where they go World's on the end. pub crawl. At World's End, thank you. And then they kind of were both involved in the... Well, what's the alien? Is it Paul? The alien movie where they take the Winnebago across. Like, literally, it would be Bob and G Webs if they took an alien across part of the Southwest United States. I thought that. In Bob's trailer. I didn't know that was those guys. That movie seems more like. um, Well, it's what's his face? uh, The Pineapple Express guy that's in it. You are correct. But both of those guys are in that movie, I believe. They're in it, but they're less of the creative force behind it. Correct. 
So they're saying everyone in that movie is anti-gun in real life. That's interesting, and that makes me like the movie less. So I'm glad, I'm glad I only. Well, get they it. are British. I mean, so maybe they've been programmed to, to to respond that way. Well, that's true. But then there's another level of, uh, what would you say, disrespect that I'll give them when they exploit guns and use guns to make a bunch of money, but then use all that money to bitch about guns. I don't. Like they definitely use guns in this movie. I mean, they're definitely a gun movie. I'd call it a gun movie. Well, and do we know that as a fact, or is it one person's opinion, or do we do we know it to be true? It's one person's opinion, but he put it in all capitals in one of our chats. So that pretty much makes it's it... Probably, it's probably <laughs> true, then. Yeah. Uh, I've learned that over the years. That if it goes in capital... Stone Guy taught me that, that if it's in capital letters, it pretty much makes it true. But I'm going to suggest we move along. So that's the gun movie of the day. Yeah. Try to think of a new movie every day. We've got a couple of them coming up here, but if you'd like to contribute to that part of the show, like I mentioned, we have an email address, dailygunshow at gmail.com. Use that anytime you want. we got a lot of people contributing parts to the show, so we appreciate that. It's really what we're trying to do here. It's new media. Uh, we didn't decide, hey, we know a bunch of stuff, and we're going to disseminate it to the public via a podcast. Uh, we're just creating a platform so that everybody can enjoy it. A uh, big portion of that is the live viewers. So that means I want to take a moment here to say thanks. We've had 50 people watching today. That's 54 for a minute there. I think that's what record. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, who's showing up on a Thursday to uh, listen to the show live. Uh, we get a lot of people listen to it on the podcast. Uh, just paid the bills over there, so it was down for a day or two. Well, I was uh, not aware that the bill hadn't been paid. But uh, uh, we do have some people listening on podcasts. We're always interested to hear from you. So either email us or come through like a lot of people have been doing and leave comments on the videos over on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate that because that means you probably had a chance to come by and subscribe to our channel. We would like to get to the 1,000 subscriber mark, so that's a, a immediate goal we have here. So uh, if you can let people know about the show, we really appreciate it, and it seems like that's paying off. So thanks, everybody. And uh, I think with that, we will go on to the next segment of the show, and that's probably a good point since we never talk about it, to talk about our Patreon. We do have a Patreon uh account where we uh, interact with our Patreon supporters. So anybody who contributes like a buck or more to the show uh, has another level of access to us as well as another uh, channel for communication. So uh, for example on the second Saturday of the month we'll get together and schedule the show out for the coming four weeks and our Patreons have a, a link to that show. Of course anything that they suggest for the show topics gets mainlined right into our schedule as well as some, we've been doing some Patreon-only stuff over there. So uh, we appreciate everybody that keeps the show going. Uh, our plans are to do some immediate stuff, like some of the intros and outros, have those done professionally so that the show has a little bit better polish to it, and uh, you know, just package it a little bit nicer. Uh, and then we're going to start thinking about um, some other things we can do to keep the show going. So appreciate everybody who's allowing us to, to even think like that and make the show get bigger. Or let the show get bigger. Um, should we talk about the gun of the day? I will yeah. What's the gun of the day? And we will uh, screen share. This week we've been screen the sharing. The mighty Wasser. Yeah, it's a Wasser. And, of course, there's a video or an ad in front of it here. Um, we've been doing AK stuff this week. And I've been showing videos from the YouTube channel. Let's see. This one is an old one from 2008. So this one's almost 10 years old already. 
us basically i took a whiteboard and i laid it down on the floor and i had this wasser 10 so a 2008 era wasser 10 came fresh off the uh from the century i suppose and this was a long time ago so this was a a video to show people the components of an AK-47 and just generally how it goes together. And I did not film it with a potato. I probably filmed this with uh, a regular digital camera back then. I don't know, four or eight megapixel maybe. And then it probably had ability to do video. So uh, in order to try to get it you know, to work, I laid this whiteboard down on the floor and put the camera on a tripod and then just reassembled the AK. So uh, I just have it field stripped there. Uh, had to tap the wood part back on. That's kind of weird. Uh, anyway, just going to be assembling it here. So the gun of the day, I guess, is the Wasser, a Romanian uh, AK semi-auto created and made for import to the United States. It came along after the SARS. I don't remember now what the difference was with the SARS, but uh, the Wasser stood for uh, hmm, something automatic uh, rifle. But anyway, these were designed just for import. So whenever the assault weapons ban happened and then ended, uh, these were, uh, they knew that there was a market here. They designed and made these for us. So they're basically an AK. They're pretty strong. Uh, but because they came in in such numbers and it, it, such a spurt, I guess, there's some quality issues, some production issues um, for a while there. I think they, Did yours have cannon sights? This one here, I don't remember. I don't think I even paid attention to it in a particular video because I was just taking it apart or whatever. This wasn't mine. This is just one I took off the wall and at this gun shop and oh, okay. put this video together. Uh, definitely uh, the it, the Wassers were one of the cheaper ones, and I would guess one of the most common for quite oh, a bit of time. Oh, definitely. for, for they, dominated. Dude, they were like three ninety nine, weren't they, or something? Something crazy? Well, you could get a Wasser that was unconverted, so it still had the single stack for like $189 at one point. Damn. I have a catalog somewhere. One of the things before the internet really started to soup up, you would buy your uh, firearms over the, well, on, let's say, a mail order uh, via like paper catalogs, like newspaper, newspaper print, sort of like Shotgun News. Some, some of the uh, other publishers would make things like shotgun news that we could pick up at gun shops or at gun shows. And then uh, a couple of the big distributors um, would send out their own uh, magazines, basically, like basically an entire shotgun news size thing that would come in the mail, but it was just all their sales. It was like their catalog. And uh, yeah, I can remember AKs being relatively cheap, or Wasser specifically being pretty darn cheap. Again, they came across in, in big spurts real fast, so I'm sure that they were putting them together like crazy over there, and quality control went down quite a bit just you know, as a result. And so that's what you kind of hear sometimes, and I know you know, you, you hate that question as far as, like, what, what's a good AK? But that is something I've heard, like, oh, avoid washers. They're not assembled well. And it's like that is – there's way too much in – that question to be able to say that like yeah some of them maybe weren't the best put together but others of them depending on who did it like are totally awesome so yeah. well if i if i may add though if you just said that you could get one for under 200 bucks at that time that was a single stack 
did did somebody think that they were really getting a thousand dollar AK for under two hundred bucks? I mean, to me, that's kind of on the person doing the purchasing, in my opinion. You know, I mean, if you get one that's the double stack for like you had two or three hundred bucks, what you were saying, G, and you get a good, then you should be super stoked. You know, what I mean, you should be happy and, and proclaiming the awesomeness of the mighty wasser. Right. Well, I think part and of it then, is that when the people go and buy it on the secondary market, you know, how many of those people got one of those and said, oh, I can, you know, drummel out the the magwell. Like, that's super easy. <laughs> so then you got a whole bunch of, you know, home gunsmiths trying to, to do all the things. And then they sell it, and then it's like, oh, wassers suck. It's like, no, some dude in his garage sucks. Doesn't mean wassers suck. Right. Well, and I also want to add, since we're talking about the legend that is the Wasser, um, basically, what was it? Was it the one stamped with 14, 2014 or newer? Uh, I, I remember people talking about how they had a change in their quality control. And, like, basically the ones from 14 and 15, like, for those two years at least, I'm not sure about 16, where they were actually coming out fantastic from the quality control. Uh, sturdy like they always were, but like, no, oh, 20, thank you, Moon, uh, 78 out there said it was tw the 2015 ones in 2016. Thank you, sir. Cause you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that was kind of the uh, hot little number that was, uh, going around was the Wasser. If they had that, you know, that, uh, newish date stamped on them because the quality control had improved. The wood was better. Uh, most of the times they weren't coming with canted sides. Trigger springs weren't breaking as easily. Um, I'm trying to think there was it seemed like there was one more thing that they had improved that was a big deal to people and I cannot quite remember what that was but yeah and, and you know that's just a, a difference of time and the company so I guess that would be century like she said uh, improving their technique or deciding to put more resources forward into quality control Because if you get one from 2015, 2016, it might not be anything like the one that you got from or was looking at from 27 or 2007, right? Or perhaps any of the ones in the middle where they were always coming with canted sights and whatnot. Mm, they weren't always. That's the thing. They weren't. Uh, fair enough. And you know what? That was uh, kind of crude of me to say that too, because it's one of those uh, like internet things. It's stereotypical, but it's not really true. Like it's you know, almost. And I shouldn't lay that on them like that either. Um, I think another aspect of that, I think that's my God. Wasser's being made and imported that, you know, if there's a million of them, well, you're going to hear more complaints because even if a percentage of them are all that's wrong, you know, all that are bad, then that's a, a much bigger number than there are of a gun that they brought a hundred of them in. Even if none of those are bad, you know. So there's, yeah, that's true. If you have one percent of a million is way more than ten percent of a hundred, you know. Like the other place could have, or another thing could be, yeah, worse percentage or even hell, fifty percent of a hundred. Like, oh man, the guns are fifty percent good, but uh, yeah, one percent of a million is going to be way more than that. So the, your likelihood of you knowing someone that had a bad one or hearing about it is a lot higher. 
But anyways, guys, I'm gonna drop out. So you guys have a good rest of the show, and everyone listening, thanks for listening. Give us a thumbs up, and we'll see you later. Yes, Maggie. See you, Mags. All right. So then, I guess that can take us into another segment. Um, that was the gun of the day. So we'll line through that. And uh-oh, I think we're towards. Oh, we're gonna do the uh, shooting events. So. I think between the next segment and this one, I will screen capture again and just remind everybody that I'm going to have an extra show tonight. I'm going to do an episode of the I Hate Guns podcast, and it's going to be a a special one where people can send in their pictures of their guns, and I will judge them, except I'm not going to do that for nothing. I'm going to do that for money. So we're going to super chat this one, and uh, everyone can have fun paying money to have their guns judged by me. Should be pretty exciting, and uh, we'll do that for about an hour or so uh, between this, the end of this show, and the beginning of the AK-47 podcast, which will be uh, later on this evening as well. So we'll be talking about AKs into the into the evening. All right. So I don't know where you split ten thousand there. You don't have to spend ten thousand dollars, but maybe ten dollars, maybe hundred dollars, whatever. Depends on how many guns you got, I guess. So uh, let's see, that'll take us into the events. We'll uh, dig into gun channels here again and head over to the calendar. So at the top of every page of gun channels, there's a small menu there. And if you dig down into the resources segment of the calendar or the resources segment of the menu, you'll see the uh, firearms calendar. And when we open that up, we'll see the things that are coming up on the agenda. And I will Screen share again. Good. So we've got the Trinity Tour coming up this weekend in New Mexico. It's not technically gun related, but it is kind of the biggest gun we ever made. At least the first. Uh, yeah. And uh, you get a chance. Oh, and it's still a missile range in its off time, right? Yeah, there's a little museum there, and you can see some stuff about the uh, White Sands. But uh, that's where you meet up, and then you head off and see the actual uh, place where they detonated the first nuclear device. Uh, besides that, on this weekend, yeah, we'll see the world's largest gun show. So, Bob, where are you at? Are you up in Tulsa already? No, I'm actually stuck in Oklahoma until uh, my check comes in. So, <laughs> Oklahoma City, uh, you mean? Walmart parking lot. Oklahoma City, you mean? Yeah. So you're two hours away. Yeah, basically, yeah. And I get my check comes in like on the first, so midnight, the thirty-first kind of thing. I'll be hitting the road again. Midnight on the 31st, so, well, hopefully you didn't miss going to the museum then. The show no. will still so I guess you can go to the show well, on I'm Sunday. Gonna, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. You're just going to go to the show on Sunday? Well, the museum isn't open on Monday, so I guess you'll be hanging out in Tulsa Tuesday. Saturday is the first, I think. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be there I'll be there for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like, right, so Saturday be, is the first, right? So I get paid midnight the 31st gas the truck up and drive two hours and I'm there at two in the morning and then just, you know, find a place to park until the morning for the gun show. Right on. Nice. So Bob, you go into, Bob Beach, go into his first experience at the world's biggest gun show. Uh, then, I don't know if he's hooked up with anybody there, P226Nut or any of the other people from Oklahoma. But if anybody wants yeah, to meet him, be there. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to even talk to anybody. This internet thing's just been driving me nuts. I've been having problems with my booster and stuff, and 
some places you get free internet. They, they there's gun in any title. You can't go to it. I won't mention names, but that's interesting. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, no, it's it's uh, just uh, that blowing this spark plug on my cylinder kind of screwed my so and then ran a little short on gas because I was running into a big headwind and truck burned like huge amounts of gas. We won't talk about what kind of mileage I got. As long as you didn't get swept away by any uh, tornadoes, you're doing good. Yeah, no, they missed me, kind of. <laughs> got right windy. <laughs> All right, so that's this weekend, and then uh, then we got the Knob Creek Machine Gun Shoot coming up the weekend after in Kentucky. Uh, after that, we've got the St. Louis International Cartridge Show on April 12th. That'll be in St. Louis, obviously. That's a uh, gun show-sized uh, meeting of the International Cartridge, uh, the International Ammunition Association, which is a bunch of collectors of uh, munitions and ordnance. So that would be pretty neat to attend if you're in the area. And if you do, please take pictures because I'm curious to see what that's like. Uh, then we've got the NRA show coming up at the end of April, April 27th in Atlanta. Uh, a bunch of Gun Channel's members are going to be showing up there, as well as anybody who's a member of the NRA is invited, and it's free to, to attend. It's basically all the exhibits, all the, what do you call like the booths, the displays from the uh, manufacturers and distributors from SHOT, well, manufacturers from SHOT Show, uh, and then uh, about 20% of the floor space is devoted to nonprofits and gun uh, advocacy groups and collectors clubs, so it's a really interesting event, highly worth uh, highly recommend going to it. It's worth your time and trouble to get to it. Uh, the June 2nd will be the next thing we see, and that's also in Atlanta, uh, the Blade Show, which is a big gun show-sized event for knife uh, builders and designers and uh, and companies, uh, as well as all their fans. So I know that's becoming more and more of a, um, what they call it, like a destination for knife people. We got outdoor retailer coming up in July, TriggerCon coming up in July as well, and then another cartridge show in October. So we can see that we've got uh, some uh, items that, or, I mean, we've got the schedule out till the end of the year, but we're, I'm sure there's more stuff happening throughout the middle of the year. We need to get some stuff in the calendar. So if you're familiar with uh, any events or you're um, a participant in any of them or you attend them or you'd like to, just go over to Gun Channels. Any member can click on Create a New Event. You put in all these uh, relevant info and then add it to the calendar here. Uh, it's available to anybody who's on gun channels. If you just scroll down the, the left side here, uh, the calendar uh, is right over here on the left. So that way you can add something to let people know uh, what's out there and what's coming up. Uh, one of our gentlemen on the gun channel side had a question, um, and I'm not exactly, you were just looking at the page. so. Maybe you can either help or answer. Uh, when he tries to open the Tulsa entries on calendar, uh, is it because he's not the owner of the page that he can't open the entries? He has to look at it in a different manner, correct? Wait, what happened? Uh, it says private page. You do not have permission to view this private page. And he says when you try to open, when he tries to open uh, Tulsa entries on the calendar. Oh, I have no idea. We'll take a look at that, though. You know, not everybody okay the show but yeah I'm not sure what's going on with that um, it could be a permission thing probably not should probably just click on the wrong thing or whatever um, 
I'm not sure where he's clicking either. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep on moving. So I guess that's the calendar uh, this week, and we can uh, we'll address that every Thursday. So anybody that wants to uh, throw stuff into the calendar, uh, this is the time when we'll help amplify that. Um, I think that's about it, though. Looking at the schedule here, we got uh, pretty much everything taken care of. Bob, you've been driving anything new? Keep us up to date on your adventures. Besides having internet troubles, how else has it been? Uh, not bad. It's, uh, like I say, just uh, lots of weather, bad weather. So. At any point, did you need to bust out your windbreaker, Bob? Yeah, no. So have you had a chance to check out any gun shops or anything along the way? I uh, really haven't. Uh, just I've been just cutting it so fine for, you know, trying to make mileage that uh, I haven't had time to shit. I've driven past lots of them and thought I should stop there, but then it's like, okay, and then i got to pull over and slow down and speed up, and there goes 10 miles per gallon, you know. And it's that's how tight I'm running right now. <laughs> All right, so um, well, it's to be sure. Yeah, good to hear that you're still kicking though, and you got all the way to, the, to Oklahoma. So uh, yeah, you're within two hours of the place now. So yeah, yeah. Well, I got as far as I could get, and then now I'm kind of stuck for, like I say, for another day and a half. You'll be just fine, Bob. Oh yeah, as long as they don't kick me out of the parking lot. Never know, you know. Well, don't make a scene whenever you do. I am very, very quiet. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we'll end this episode 279. Uh, that'll mean we'll be back tomorrow with episode 280. We'll be talking about free guns for each American. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, guys that left the big companies and put together their own successful startup in the gun industry. And then we wrap up the week. Of course, all of our daily stuff as well. Looking forward to it. We will see you then. And so, can you see that, Bob? I I can't. I just don't have the bandwidth. No, no worries. I can do that. Uh, so we'd like to end the show uh, with a quote. Uh, we definitely want to thank everybody that has participated and will be listening in the future. Uh, if you do have the opportunity, please. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to Daily Gun Show. Uh, if you do get a chance, hashtag Daily Gun Show over on Instagram. Um, we're all pretty much all over the place, so we're out there. You should be out there, too. So for the quote for today, it's from David M. Bennett. A shootout is better than a massacre. And again, thanks to everybody out there. Be safe and aloha. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com.